0: Finishing is winning. Winning is finishing.
1: Welcome to another edition of Transformations Through Running. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in. This one here is a unique interview. And I got to tell you, I was so humbled to have this opportunity And I don't even know where to begin with Rod. He, most people in the running world would know his name, who he is and what he's accomplished. So there's a good chance many of you know much more about him than I do. But if you're just hearing about him now in the running world, he's for over 15 years, he was among the world's best middle distance runners. He's won medals at the Olympics, world cross country championships, 1500 meter championships all over the world. And also he won the 1983 New York City Marathon. So I got to tell you, when I have this opportunity, I'm so humbled and so grateful when you're going to hear him talk. And, and you know, I have these unique opportunities in my life, at least so far. And, you know, you're sitting across from greatness. I know that. Years from now, I'm gonna look back and be like, "Oh my gosh, I had the opportunity to talk to Rod Dixon." So I'm so humbled. I'm so grateful that I had this opportunity. And what's even more is that Rod has directed much of his life now towards kids and helping them be active and fit. He's in the school systems, and he's he's changing the world. He is. There's no other way to put it. And I again, I feel so. Take him back by the opportunity to have him on the show to share his story with you to hear for you to hear his words and and I think that this is going to be life changing for a lot of people so so excited to share this with you this is Drew and you're listening to the Transformation Through Running podcast why don't you tell me about your program tell me about what what you guys do
0: uh, the kids marathon. You know, it's it's um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to start where where you know when I was, when I was in uh, school, of course. Um, you know, we had re- recess an hour for lunch, uh, recess in the afternoons. Uh, I mean, even even then, I was a bit of a, a bit of a fidget and uh, easily distracted. And uh, but my third grade teacher uh, had had read the reports, pre- the previous reports of the first three years, and and saw straight away that young Rodney shouldn't be sitting at the back of the class over by the window. He should be sitting up front where he can keep an eye on me. <laughs> and uh, But what he did every 90 minutes, he would give me a, a note to take across to the other side of the school to give it to one of the other teachers. And, uh, and of course, he would say, it's two minutes walk over and two minutes walk back. So don't take all day. But I knew in two minutes I could run right around the whole school. So I would go out and I wouldn't walk across to the note. I ran round, dropped the note off, ran back, and of course I'd come back. And he said, "Now, young Rodney, can you spell boat now?" And I go, "Yes, sir." And but he, what he what he was figuring out, Drew, was that you know this kid needed to move to get you know to oxygenate his brain to keep him moving because nowadays, of course, we call it ADD or ADHD, but in my day. It was, you know, you're you're a fidget, <laughs> and and you had to be moved, and 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 I saw this happening more and more um, in schools um, as I grew older. But one thing that you see Sir Edmund Hillary, who is with Norgay, uh, with Tenzing Norgay climbed Mount Everest in 1954, and Sir Edmund came to our school and inspired us kids and told us, I was 10 years old at the time, and and he told us kids that Mount Everest wasn't high enough for your goals, your dreams, and your aspirations, and I went on to the Olympics 12 years later and won an Olympic medal, and I told the media that my brother is my hero and my inspiration was from Sir Edmund Hillary. And they said, well, you have to tell Sir Edmund Hillary that. And I said, well, you can't call the Queen and you can't call Sir Edmund. They're, they're not available. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, Drew, that his name, address, and telephone number was in the public phone book. So you could you could call him. But the thing is, when I was in Auckland next, because I lived in the South Island, when I was in Auckland next, I went round and knocked on the door and Uh, Lady Hillary came to the door and she said, just a minute, I will get Sir Edmund. And that was unusual because he spent a lot of time in Nepal and uh, expeditions and and building hospitals and schools in Nepal. uh, But he came to the door and I told him about my journey. But I did have my medal on me just to support that story. (laughs) (laughs) And... And he said, um, this is fine, young Rodney. Will you inspire the next generation as I have done you? And I said, yes, sir, I will. And, and he gave the medal back and closed the door. And I thought, okay, what do I do now? But as my mother said to me, she said, it'll come to you, goals and timing. Hold on to the goal of what he's asked you, but let go of the timing because it's, it'll come to you. And uh, sure enough, in 1990, uh, one of my local the local school where I was living up north of, in New Zealand I uh, was going to be closed down and the kids were going to be bused to another school and I said no we've got to save this school because these kids spending an hour each way in the school bus is going to be they're, they're not going to like school very much <laughs> um, and so we did we had a, and that's when I started my Rod Dixon. It was called in those days. It was called the Rod Dixon Family 5K and 2K Fun Runs. And what I did is I went with a 30-mile radius of that school and got all the kids in those other schools into training to f- so that they did their daily run or their daily mile, and then they came to uh, Lee School where they ran their final mile and got their medal and their T-shirt. And of course that that. We did that for 10, 12 years, and, and then I came back to the United States uh, to work with the Los Angeles Marathon and Chicago, uh, Salt Lake City, uh, Las Vegas. We were just starting, they was just starting the Las Vegas Marathon. And I said to them, I will come and work with you people as Director of Coach and Training if you do my kids' program if you support me, and they did. And so we started the program in Las Vegas. And so now, um, we there's about 43,000 kids go through the program every year in Los Angeles. Um, and then I went to Connecticut. I did some um, events in Connecticut. We got the program going there. Can you tell us more specifically what the program is or what you guys do? Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's Kids Marathon. And so over the period, well, actually, it started off as a 12-week program. So it's the daily run in school. Now, as much as people said to me, well, oh, why don't you do it Saturday mornings? I said, no, I figured it out that Saturday mornings don't work for most families because they're all very busy. And, and of course, some, if you're a single parent, you're probably working. If you And some, some uh, family members work even Saturdays. I said, no, it's got to be done in school. So we get the kids doing their marathon. And what they do is that they do their project and they learn all about the marathon. And most importantly, Drew, uh, what has come about of this is that it's evolved to it's their, their hero, the kid's hero is the tortoise. Slow and steady wins the race. They all know the story of the hare and the tortoise. They know that if they just do their own thing and they do their daily run they the, and, and accumulate the distance so that they run their 25.2 miles in training, and then they go to a local run, a race, or uh, a local high school where they run their final mile. And they, that's when they get their medal. And that, that medal is a replica of my Olympic medal. So all the kids go out there and get uh, their T-shirt, their medal, and they get a training guide, uh, a booklet that uh, we print off, and the kids get it, and it's got all the information, all the journey for the kids to follow it, and they can fill it in. And there's all interesting things about it. Of course, we we want them to eat healthy, so that message is very very uh, coming through there. And of course, when Michelle Obama had let's move, it was just fantastic because she's very very supportive of it, and you know, and and getting kids to think about. We called it we called it actually the five two one zero. And the 5210 means five fruits and vegetables every day, if you can. Two hours or less of recreational screen time. One hour or more of physical activity. It's the 60 minutes that, of course, the NBA um, and the NFL do play 60, and they promote that in schools. And then the 5210 and the zero is for sh- zero sugar drinks. As sugary base drinks, more water. Uh, get the, these kids off all this um, uh, sugar soda, and things like that. So, and and the kids, the kids got it. And we we worked we worked uh, through with the school uh, lunch programs too. Uh, Jm, in fact, Jamie Oliver, the chef, uh, he worked with me too on that, getting that. Uh, focused and, and getting it uh, going so that we we started to bring in what we called the healthy lunch option.
1: Can we learn more about your background and how you made it up to the Olympic level and came home with a medal? Well yeah well this
0: I said you know that uh, Young Rodney in uh, elementary school was a, a bit of a fidget and uh, he uh, uh, I played cricket but that wasn't you know that wasn't enough action for me and then uh, rugby of course I I was the fastest in the school but I never got the ball because it never got out to me uh, I was always on the wing and uh, then we played soccer and once again I wasn't allowed in with the mix I, the ball didn't seem to come out I was a, I got a bit bored with those Uh, sports. Uh, But when it came to cross-country and running, I was off. Uh, You couldn't stop me. I said, you know, we're only doing one lap, can't we do two? You know, that sort of thing. (laughs) So running was a very, very much part of it. And I had a brother three years older. Who, Of course, he was a very good runner. So I just wanted to be like my brother. And uh, if John told me I could climb a tree, I'd, I'd believe him. He said, you can jump in that river and swim across i'd believe him i'd do it i got into trouble a few times uh, what are brother's for right (laughs) yeah exactly and so john and i and of course john joined the running club or the harry club we called it in those days um, and uh, and 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 I thought that was fantastic. But see, I was only ten years old, and I wasn't old enough to join the run, running club. But I did at twelve, and uh, and I just knew that that was that was what I loved to do. I just loved to run. Uh, it was a form of expression for me. And of course, you know, I was just one of those kids that just had to be on the move. And we had these club runs, and so running was very much part of you know part of my my who i was and then slowly but surely as i got older you know in high school and i won the cross country and i won the track and and uh and i just knew that that was my journey um and i think probably uh, at 18 when i won the new zealand uh, mile championship i think you know we all started to think yeah this us get could be quite good. And then I won the New Zealand cross-country championships for my age. And that, you know, so suddenly we realized, you know, this kid's good. And uh, and then 1970, I uh, was invited to um, the New Zealand cross-country trials for the world championships, and I made the team. At 20, so here was this journey. I was, I, it had started when I was, you know, just a young kid, um, and then I went away to the World Cross Country uh, in 1971, and I finished 10th. And then when I came back, we, my brother, who is now becoming my coach, and so we, we said, you know, let's, we, we should be thinking maybe of um, running the Olympic trials. You know, we set the goals for the year, and and it was to win the. The regional championships to win the uh, um, well, actually, re- you've got to win your club championships to get to the regionals. So you you win the club championships, go on to the regional championships, that what we call the centre championships, and then the national championships. And I did all that, and then and then the thing is now you've got to break the four minute mile because the four minute mile, the mile run is a very is you know that four-minute mile barrier is a big, big factor for the selectors, and so I did. And I ran that in Lower Hutt and Wellington, New Zealand, and I, I broke the four-minute mile. And then I went on to the Olympic trials and won that, and ran the Olympic qualifying time. So really, I mean, like I had, I had seven or eight uh, lists of seven or eight things, and each one got a tick. So we we were that was it, and then. Sure enough, uh, about three months later, I was announced in the Olympic team. And, and so the journey started. And off we went with the Olympic team in 1972 and ran in uh, United Kingdom and, and England. And uh, then we went to Scandinavia, ran in uh, Stockholm and Oslo and Helsinki and uh, Aarhus in Denmark. And uh, each one was a stepping stone. And then on to Munich for the Olympic Games. and um, of course, sadly and tragically, the, uh, the massacre at, at, um, took hold of the, the Olympic Village, and we were we didn't know what was happening, and it was just tragic. The, uh, Avery Brundage, who was the chair at the time, said we they might consider cancelling the games. And, and the uh, Israeli team said, no, don't you do that because we live with this threat of terrorism against us all the time. And for the, uh, for the spirit of the athletes who lost their lives, the games must go on. Uh, so I had uh, three races in three days, the heats, semi and final for the 1500 meters. And in the final, I, I finished third uh, with a bronze medal. And, and uh, prior to the games, I was ranked number 42 the event so not too bad from 42nd to 3rd uh, <laughs> wow. so really drew that that you know that was the beginning of you know uh, an incredible journey that went from uh, 72 to really I mean I tried for the Olympics in 88 I just missed out qualifying by 10 seconds over the marathon and I was a bit disappointed that for 10 and 10 seconds they wouldn't take me it was just it was but I had a lot of issues with the uh, athletic people. Uh, of course, I, was, uh, I ran the Olympics in uh, 76. Um, disappointing, I finished uh, fourth. Fourth place is not good. Um, less than a second behind the winner. And, um, and I remember looking up at the scoreboard and thinking, I know I ran fast. And I look up at the scoreboard and I go, well, I just ran the fifth fastest time in history and finished fourth in the race. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, how did that happen? <laughs> um, but, yeah. That's going
1: to be a tough build to swallow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then, of course, it went on to 76 and finished fourth again. So I wasn't that happy about fourth place. Um, but then, uh, of course, trained and qualified for the Olympics in 1980, uh, and the boycott came on, and so New Zealand joined the boycott along with 37 other countries. And uh, but I, we were in—we were actually in Philadelphia, uh, running the um, uh, the Lenovo, the Jumbo Elliott meet, and uh, when the boycott for New Zealand was announced, and uh, and uh, the team manager said, well, we're going on to Europe to continue to run our track, but we just won't be going to the Olympics. And I didn't like that idea. I said, no, there's no point in that. So that's when I was introduced to a 10K run in Philadelphia where the great Bill Rogers, uh, four times Boston, four times New York City marathon winner, he uh, was going to be there. And I'd met Bill in 77, 78 in Europe and so i went down to uh, philadelphia to run this 10k with bill and um this is my first road race ever and there was like four and a half thousand people and and bill was just you know the pied piper <laughs> it was just amazing i just loved that energy and that i ran the 10k and uh, finished third finished third that day um uh, bill was second and the guy gary finale a real character from philadelphia he uh Won the race, but that showed to me, yes, I can be good at this. I, I, I only ran in uh, training shoes, I didn't have proper racing shoes, but very quickly I learned what to do and how to do it, and I uh, based myself in Pennsylvania, in Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, And actually, Drew, my address, my address was 44 Winged Foot Drive, (laughs) Flying Hills, (laughs) Flying Hills and and Reading. So uh, that was quite appropriate for a runner to be, to be living in Wingfoot drive, flying hills. So, um, yeah, so off I went and I started running uh, road races and I and, and I figured it out pretty quickly because, uh, you know, that cross-country background allowed me. And then, of course, you know, I was still running sub-form at a mile, so I was still pretty quick. And, uh, and I realized that I had come from the track cross-country background, whereas a lot of these athletes that were running we were just, pure road runners, and they didn't have that track background they didn't have that ability to run um, fast times on the track and um, so I learned very quickly how to bring those uh, techniques into how I raced and I never ran the same race every time I, I varied it so that they couldn't get a fix on what I was gonna do. I'd sometimes come from the back or I'd lead or I'd come from the middle or I would leave it to the last mile. Or I'd run the first mile sometimes real quick, like, you know, four eighteen or four nineteen and of course put them completely into oxygen debt. And then I was able to recover and still run, you know, a twenty-nine minute ten K. So I learned all those ideas and thoughts. And then slowly I started to uh, increase my distance from 10k to the half marathon, and I set the world record for the half marathon, actually. And uh, and then of course uh, Fred Lebeau from the New York City Marathon, uh, he came in 1982. I ran the cross country again because I realised how important cross country was to road racing and to to my career and what I how I achieved what I did was doing those cross-country runs. And um, and I finished uh, third in the World Cross Country in 82. I finished third in 1973 also. So this is the second time I finished third. No, it, I don't mind bronze medals. You know, they, as I always say, that I hold up my Olympic medal at, at corporates and I go, now this is the gold medal I won at the Olympics. I liked it so much I had it bronzed. <laughs>
1: That's awesome! What an amazing running career! My gosh, what, what are you, what are you doing now? Like, what's next? What do you have to do? Is it this? Yeah, is- well, <clears throat> incredibly, yeah.
0: Uh, I, I remember when I ran in the Olympics in '84. '82 uh, was when I set the world records for cross country, and then I must say that Fred LeBeau from the New York City Marathon came to me and he said, "We, I want you now." because you set the world record and you just won a bronze medal at the World Cross Country, you must think of the marathon. I said, oh, Fred, I don't think of, I'm not thinking about a marathon. But actually in 82, after the World Cross Country, I came back to New Zealand and I did run a marathon just in training because it was the New Zealand Marathon and a great friend of mine was the race director and I said, no, I'll support you. And I went out there and and I felt comfortable. This was meant to be just a training run. And and the further I went, the better I felt and I ended up winning it. Um, Yeah, I went to New York City Marathon and you can watch it on YouTube, but it was a pretty amazing journey because you know, I wasn't in uh, with the leaders, I wasn't, um, but I was running my race, you see, I, I planned what I would run and I stayed with my plan and I let everybody else do their own thing, but I ran my race. I said, no one's going to beat me at my race. Of um, course, I didn't catch the leader till 26 miles, so it was uh, it was a very bit of a fine, but, but it, it i never lost focus on what i was going to do that day i never lost focus and commitment to my plan and to what i knew i was capable of doing because i was the one who had to live with the consequences anyway so i said well you better do it right and do it the way you've planned for the last 12 months and um, here I did. I was coming around. I caught the leader, Jeff Smith, uh, at 26 miles, and I led the race for 385 yards. And, um, and I must admit, when I finished that race, I, I went down and I kissed the ground and I held my arms to the heavens. And because that's how I saw it. That I it was the defining moment of who I was and what I was as a runner, and that was very, very um, special and very, very empowering. and uh, And it really did reflect on who I was as a person
1: that I can get the job done if I really focus. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's incredible! What a great story. So, for our listeners that might not know, what's it called, or how can they watch it on YouTube? YouTube. So you just Google, uh, oh just, sorry, just
0: search for Rod Dixon, New York city marathon and it'll, and, and it'll come up. It'll
1: come up. It's uh... okay. Fantastic. Well, we'll link it here in the show notes when this goes out. Um, that was amazing, Rod. I wanted to respect your time and I'm sure you have other things to do, but thank you so much for coming on. Is, is there anything that we missed that you wanted to cover? Um,
0: well, just, just you know, just what it, what it did is, I was going to say, in nineteen eighty four, uh, after the Olympic Games, uh, I met uh, Mayor Bradley, Tom Bradley, at um, and all his people uh, in the city, and they asked me about how I felt about the Olympic Games and the marathon, and I said it was just incredible, and I said. I said, you know, we didn't we didn't think anybody would come out onto the course. <laughs> but you know, there were millions of people watching it. And I said to Mayor Bradley, I said, you should have a marathon like New York and London and Boston. I said, you should have a city marathon. And and that was uh, another moment of my life it was very fulfilling because a year or so later uh, no, about 85, 86, uh, they called me and they said, you inspired us to have a city marathon and we're going to do it and we want you involved. And that's when I came back to be involved with the, the very first uh, City of Los Angeles Marathon. And now, of course, uh, it, the, the marathon's gone beyond just within the city. It's in the five cities of Los Angeles and, and brings together, you know, 30,000 people every year. And uh and it still continues to do it and still define the community and brings the community together. And that's very, very powerful. And I love being part of the LA Roadrunners training program. I was uh, coaching director for ten years and we defined, we put near I I that my program puts through nearly twenty-five thousand runners from the start to the finish. And ninety-eight percent of those finished the marathon that's that's where this uh, um, mantra that i do for the kids finishing is winning winning is finishing and that's the key to the marathon today is uh, those people who want to challenge themselves to be the best that they can be just go out there and be the best that you can be and run your race to be a winner and that has been where I'm at now and what I'm doing with the kids and, and, uh, and I'll, I'll do it forever and I promised Edmund Hillary I would do it and I'm I've, I, you know here in New Zealand I go to schools and I just get so empowered by the enthusiasm of kids who want to be the best that they can be no matter where they come from and, the, and running is, is just something that's very very special that these kids most kids and, you know, I'm very involved with Paralympics and parafed and wheelchair and, and disabled um, uh, amputee runners. We get all those, all the kids can participate because they are the tortoise, slow and steady. Wins the race.
1: Amazing, Rod. That, that's incredible. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate your time coming on the show. Is there anywhere we could find out more details? Do you guys have a website or anything if yes. someone wants to look yep. into you? Yeah,
0: so it's just www.kidsmarathonfoundation.org.
1: Okay, we'll link that as well. And if anyone wants more details, they can, um, they can search that. Okay, Rod, thank you again so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Drew, and uh, have a great day and uh let's get this uh, pandemic behind us <laughs> yeah true sure, sure okay all right that's gonna wrap things up for this edition of transformations through running thank you so much for being here thank you for tuning in and sticking around till the end I mean, I told you it was amazing. <laughs> I told you at the beginning you were going to enjoy so I hope you did. As great Rod is such a great guy. It was so nice to be able to sit and, and, and talk with him. And I was running late, I had a few issues, and he wasn't, he's not one of those people that was upset or, you know, I, just a, a real down-to-earth individual. And I think it was so cool that he took some time to join us on Transformations Through Running. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. You can find more details about us or follow along at facebook.com slash trueformlife. We're posting there a couple times a day. We'd love to connect there. We're also on instagram.com slash drewtadia. In both platforms, we're posting. We're letting you know what's coming up each week or throughout the week. Or we always post past interviews as well. In case you miss a show, and we'd of course we'd love if you'd subscribe or if you would follow, I think Spotify you need to follow, iTunes you subscribe. Not sure what Stitcher does, but we're on a number of different platforms, so you can follow us along. And it's always nice when we get positive feedback or let us know how we're doing, so feel free to shoot us a message on social media. Let us know how things are going. If you would like any guests coming on the show, if you'd like to recommend, again, shoot us a message. We're always interested to know who you want to hear or who you want to hear interviews from. All past shows are all, can also be found at trueformlife.com. This is our main website where we talk about fitness, nutrition, lifestyle. We have at-home workout videos, all kinds of different things going up there. So this is what we do full-time. We're always excited and interested to work with you guys to see how we can help improve your lives. And don't forget to check out our other show, uh, Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. That's also on a number of different, well, all the pod, all the podcasts excuse me all the podcasting platforms as far as i know so you can find it wherever you may be listening to this show as well so that's the show where i interview guests from around the world on holistic health nutrition fitness lifestyle we have yoga meditation stretching food recipes all kinds of different stuff so check out that show as well if you get a chance or especially if this once a week show isn't enough for you once again thanks so much for being here and we hope to get you on the next show yeah. <laughs>